Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa, and I'm really grateful to have you here today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're doing well. I'm thinking of you and sending everyone low-paying vibes today. On today's episode, I have Ashley from Ontario, Canada coming to us um, from just across the border from me, not too far, and her heart-shaped uterus really helped her to discover that she had endometriosis. Listen in to her story here, and I really appreciate you listening, and if this podcast brings you any value, as I always say, please rate us in Apple and or and please subscribe or subscribe. Either way, I appreciate any of it. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Today, I have Ashley with us, and she is from Toronto, Canada, and she is going to tell us a little bit about her journey. Ashley, thank you so much for being here today. Welcome. No problem. Thank you. Appreciate having you on. Um, Why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, just personally, whatever you feel like sharing non-endo related, just to start so we can get to know you a little bit. Um, So I'm Ashley. I just turned 34 this year. I'm from Toronto. Um, I didn't grow up in Toronto. I actually grew up pretty close to uh, where you live. I grew up near Windsor. Um, Things that I like to enjoy, I guess, in my spare time, I like to do yoga, I like to go to the gym, and I have a real interest in health, um, just because I have some educational background in it as well, but I don't work in it. I work in uh, finance, actually, so completely different. Um, and then I'm just kind of still new to all this. I'm, I'm in kind of the learning phase about endometriosis, So, but you'll learn more as we go on. Okay, okay. Thank you. And thank you for sharing that. And um, we'll get into more of this, but yeah, I'd love to hear about like just your feedback on yoga and the gym and stuff like that too. But I know you're newly getting into kind of the endo world and figuring everything out with endometriosis, but take us from the top. You know, I always like to start with the beginning of someone's journey. When do you remember when you first started your period? And if, and when you do, do you remember it being painful? Yeah, I I was in seventh grade, so I'm going to say I was around 13, 14 years old, and I remember getting it at school. I don't remember it being that bad that day compared to um, as, it, as like time went on, but I do remember in elementary school being home a lot. Um, I had really bad cramps. Like I was on the couch, couldn't move. I was throwing up, um, heavy bleeding, you know, just really terrible um, symptoms. And it wasn't good. I, I missed a lot of school because of it. The other problem is I was very irregular. Um, I was getting them every couple months. It, it was not, I never knew when it was going to come. Right. And so you couldn't even plan. No. So it just hit me out of nowhere. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that is, is tough. So during this time, is anyone saying to you, like, I don't think this is normal or, you know, what were your friends, family, what were people telling you? Because obviously if you're missing school and staying home, that's a little bit of a red flag that something's wrong. I think my mom 
was my mom is a retired nurse now but I think she was starting to be she was worried um just I think about the pain especially and how irregular I was it was kind of a red flag and I remember going to my family doctor and um she recommended birth control I think it was Marvalon if my memory serves correctly which I don't know if you have that um that's okay. But we have a, a lot of people in Canada who listen. So yeah, it's a very popular birth control pill. Um, and I was on birth control for about 14 years. And I think I started around age 15. Okay. Okay. So even on birth control at 15, you were still in excruciating pain every month. Actually, um, I had pain definitely the day before and the day of, but not compared to when I'm not on birth control. Um, but so I do, it did help. It brought it. The only thing that I liked about it, to be honest with you, is my period actually came and I knew when. <laughs> yeah. That no, was I kind of it. the saving yeah. grace for me. So you could um, plan. Yes, and the pain was definitely a lot less. Um, I wasn't throwing up. I may have missed school here and there because of it and social events, but and I wouldn't be able to work out. But I just know that it it felt like things were better. Yeah, and and that was pretty much like all through high school. You felt that way, and kind of you just once you got on it, you just learned to adapt, and you took the pill and you got through it. Mm-hmm. And then I remember I started around, I don't know, 18 or so. I started to have a lot of stomach issues. Well, I thought it was my stomach. Right. Um, I used to get bloated and it would hurt. And I don't remember it being always associated with my period. And I, would, I went to emerge, you know, mm-hmm. quite a few times, more times than needed. And they kept looking and they're like, we don't know, you know, maybe it's something you ate, maybe you have IBS. Um, we can't find anything but then I went again at age 20 or so when I moved away for college and um, I had my first pap smear and emerge because I'd never had one before and I was in there having really bad pelvic pain I thought it was from Subway I ate Subway that day Um, and it it may have been now that I think about it now (laughs) and um they could, they're like, we don't know. We can't, we did an ultrasound. We can't find anything, you know, it might be IBS. <laughs> and during this time, like you're taking birth control, you're, you're probably talking to a doctor going to emerge and everybody's just, again, it's just the IBS. I'm sure maybe UTI a couple times was thrown out. Oh, all the time I had UTIs. Yeah. But yeah. no one is ever saying anything, anything else. It's just the just these general potential things. Mm-hmm. And all, all, yeah, all my family doctor kept saying was, um, she was like, I don't know why you keep getting these UTIs and just, you know, just kept giving me um, antibiotics over and over and over. Right. And um, then I guess after that, the main thing that would have happened would be um, I had a seven millimeter kidney stone when I was 24, um, <laughs> the worst pain I've ever been in my life. I've, I know I, I ha- experienced endo pain and I've had a kidney stone 
And yeah. I can say that endo is very close <laughs> oh my to, goodness. The, to the pain threshold. And um, that was wrongfully diagnosed. That was um, multiple UTIs um, that kept going on, like I was saying before. And she just kept ignoring it, not doing ultrasounds. And we would have saw a seven millimeter kidney stone in my kidney. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So how did you finally get diagnosed with that? Were you just in excruciating pain and went to the hospital? Yes, I went to Emerge one night by myself um, because my mom actually said to me, oh, I went, I lived with my mom at the time. I, hopefully she's going to listen to this and hate me, but she's like, oh, your back hurts all the time. And I was like, mom, this is like bad. This is really bad. And it was like midnight on Thanksgiving. And I drove myself there and um, yeah, they, the next morning they found it. And I was like, I'm not crazy. No, right. So you had to stay in the hospital overnight? Yes. Wow. And the, I mean, probably because the pain was so bad. And I know, like you said, your mom will listen, but it's hard when, especially in the beginning, I feel like when we have pain all the time, I, it's not right, but I do feel like people stop taking us so serious. Like, yeah, your, your leg hurts all the time, or, you know, you, it's sciatica or, you know, like, I just feel like that happens because we are constantly in pain. Yeah, and I think that's what my mom thought, like, that I yeah. was, I don't know, maybe over-exaggerating. Sure, of But course. then when she um, came to Emerge and saw me, and she knew what was wrong, she knew. <laughs> yeah, she felt bad, I'm sure. She was like, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, so that was, that is kind of our tipping point as to where things kind of went sideways, even with, you know, the birth, being on birth control, things started to get worse from there. Yeah. So what so, happened? So you had that, you dealt with the kidney stone. Tell me about like what your symptoms start to like, what starts happening in your life where you start to notice that something's really wrong? Um, well, I think it was actually, I'm just looking here. Yeah, it was after. So I kept having all of these symptoms after I had a lithotripsy from the kidney stone, which, you what's know, that? I guess I should explain that. So yeah. basically, I was slightly sedated and my I was laying in water, but mostly only my lower back. And they used sound waves to break up the kidney stone because there was no way I was passing that. And right. to go inside and laser it, I, it would have been a really long wait. And I was on Tylenol 3s every single day for two months. And I couldn't function without them. So that's oh. how I know that I've been in more pain than I am yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, so then I kept getting all of these tests. Um, I had a urologist at the time, and he was in London, Ontario. So I used to live in a different city for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And he sent me for all these tests for my kidneys to say, make sure that they were working properly because um, I kept saying I was having back pain and urinary tract infections. And they kept looking at my kidney function. They were making sure my kidneys were clear. There wasn't any stones, making sure there's no obstructions. I can't even tell you how many tests I had. I don't even remember. It was all my early 20s, so like 10 years ago. Right. Um, and the one, I got an um, MRI done, the first one I've ever had. And my, I sold my family doctor from when I was a kid and they got the results back and they said that they could see, um, like my lymph nodes were all enlarged all over my body. 
And I think at first that was a mistake because my doctor called me and she was like, um, we may need you to come in for more tests. We found the scan showing lymph nodes like enlarged all over your body, like all over the scan. And we're really concerned. It was like, based on your age, you could have Hodgkin's lymphoma. And you know, oh that's, that's not a phone call you want, you want to get. No, no. It really freaked me out. Yeah. And, um, and now, how old are you? Are you 25 at this Yeah, point? around 25. Oh my and, goodness. Um, I had, and this was only because I had a, I have a lymph node. I still have it in my neck. It's enlarged. Um, it's not, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not causing me any problems. It's on the right side, which is pretty much where all my issues are. Um, and I also have one in my groin on my left side. And I actually had a biopsy done on that when I was around 25 years old. And they didn't find anything, thankfully. Yeah. But I was really freaking out. Yeah. So they're finding, you know, weird things in all of these tests they're doing. I mean, how are you handling this at 25? You were like, okay, I didn't feel well. I had a kidney stone. And now it's just like things are... I mean, you poor thing. Are Getting you, bad. Were you in school at this time or were you done? Um, I, no, I was just working okay. when I was going through all of this. Not um, that that makes it any easier, but. Yeah. I had to cut back on my hours and I was living with my mom at the time. Um, so they test everything. They tell you, okay, it's not. Do they have any reason why these lymph nodes may be swollen? No, and they told me to keep an eye on it. They said it's, um, what was the word that they use? Benign. As of, right, as of that time, I haven't yeah. got them to look at it since, but um, they said that it was fine for now and to keep an eye on it. I've since switched doctors a couple times since then. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would assume that that happened. Okay, so what happens after that whole um scenario plays out you're still feeling sick and back pain yeah and I always thought because I was in car accidents and because I fell around that time I thought it was all related to it's like especially now I have hip pain on the right side and that's the side I fell on and um, the car accident injured the right side of my neck so it's weird that it's all on the right. My kidney still was also on the right side of my body. <laughs> Interesting. It's, it's, I mean, inflammation, I think it can all contribute to that pain too on that side. So what's happened since then, basically, um, nothing really happened in between 25, 29. I just kind of, I don't know, got through it, stayed on birth control, you know, tried to take care of myself. I got to age 30. And I decided I wanted to go off birth control just because I was on it long enough. I was in a long-term relationship. Um, I, I just didn't feel like I needed to be on it anymore. And the doctors, they didn't really understand. They're like, we think you should stay on it if you don't want to get pregnant. And I said, at this time, I don't, if it happens, it happens. They just kind of looked at me, but I was like, I don't care. Right. Right. <laughs> um, and then things really started to go sideways. I didn't get my period for almost a year after I went off birth control. Wow. Um, How were so you feeling in that year? Did you have like not good <laughs> cramps or yeah. Tell um, me about how you felt that, that year with the no period, no birth control. 
I don't remember having cramps, um, but I do remember having sore breasts. I remember mad, mad mood swings, you know, coming off birth control for so long. I sure. was, I felt really emotional. Um, kind. I was also going through a breakup at the time. So, you know, it wasn't a good time. Like yeah. for me and that guy, we, we didn't work out. Um, and uh, I, I went to the doctors and I just said, you know, I'm concerned. I haven't had my period. I think it had been four months by then. I went off birth control. It's not coming back. And I think this also happened in my 20s as well, because I think I went off, I tried to go off of it and it didn't come back. And then I went to the doctor and she put me back on put it. Put you back on it. Yeah. Yeah. So this time I was just like, no, I'm not going back on it. Eventually... Yeah. I got to go see a gynecologist in London and she put me on or she did a, an ultrasound and everything. She was thinking I had um, PCOS, um, which is, I don't even remember what it stands for anymore. Yeah. Polycystic ovarian syndrome. Did That's she right. think you had that because your period wasn't coming? That's what my family doctor thought. Yeah. She thought okay. that maybe I could have that and my the gynecologist said you know I don't think you have that I just think that you're having um, trouble coming after the pill it's just hard for your period to come back so she gave me progesterone um, which I only had to take twice actually it was to kind of if I didn't I had to take it and then I'd get my period and then if I didn't get it the next month I'd wait and then the next month I would take it for 14 days Interesting. Um, interesting. Those interesting. pills gave me the worst side effects I've ever had in my life from anything. <laughs> what were some of the side effects you had? I, I've never taken the progesterone. Only. Um, they gave me um, night sweats really badly. Um, my breasts were so sore that I couldn't, nothing could touch them. Like I had to wear a sports bra or something right. because I, I couldn't have a shower swings um I was really nauseous all the time and my periods were really 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 painful um so I took that twice for only right. two cycles so your period does come back and you're taking this progesterone and then now you have this like very painful period yeah so event as time has went on I'm finding each month that my cramps are getting more and more worse I'm still having the night sweats still even now and my breasts are sore pretty badly and I have back pain, um, which I never had when I was on the pill. So did um, these symptoms start to become daily or were they only around your cycle? They're uh, ovulation and around my cycle. Um, sometimes also randomly. I think it's to do with food is okay. would be my guess. Um, so I told my doctor, my family doctor now, because I, I switched doctors last year, and um, she said, do you have any health concerns you want to talk to me about? And I said, you know, things are going pretty well, but I was said, I'm having really bad period cramps, like, you know, worse than usual. And she gave me Toradol, which did not work. Um, I don't know if you know, probably, I don't know if people know what it is. It's kind of similar to Advil. Mm -hmm. um, it reduces hormones that cause inflammation in the body. And it's just kind of a, it's a little stronger than Advil, I guess. I didn't find that it worked for me. 
And then she gave me um, methanamic acid, short term, it's just a short term pain treatment. Um, you have to take it before the pain is going to set in or it's not effective, which for me, that doesn't work because I'm irregular. <laughs> and it right. causes so dizziness. Know. Yeah, you don't know when it's coming. And the first time I took this pill, it is the first time I had pain shoot down my legs. Um, that has been a new symptom for me that's come in the last six months. Okay. Um, so what I've been doing mostly to help with this pain, how I started to, because I, I don't want to be on drugs. So my friend is involved, like he really likes to use THC and CBD medicinally. And he gave me a card to go talk to a doctor so I could get a prescription for CBD, THC. And when I went in, it was November of 2019, so not too long ago. Um, and I said, you know, I have really painful uh, cramps. I don't really, I'm in the kind of midst of being diagnosed. I don't know what it is right now. I was like, is there anything you can give me to help me, you know, at that time of the month? So she uh, recommended THC and CBD both. CBD during the day because I can't take THC at work. Right. And THC at night too, um, or when I'm in extreme pain um, is when I'm supposed to take the THC. So I started with the flower um, and the pills. I didn't find they were very effective, but now I'm taking a spray. Um, okay. I just spray a couple under my tongue. It's, it's THC and CBD. Okay. And I take that every day. Um, and I'm finding that's helping for that's sure. That's really great. So did any, how did you find out about endometriosis and what, like, you're on this podcast, so you know you know about endo. But at mm -hmm. what point did you put this together? Have have you self-diagnosed yourself at this point? I went back to my family doctor, and I was I think I was getting my physical done. I was approximately um, November or again of just last year, mm -hmm. and I said, um, you know. I'm 34. I'm starting to think, you know, maybe I want to have a family someday. I said, I, I feel like I'm, you know, time is against me. And I'm worried about if I ever am able to get pregnant, you know, just based on all the problems that I have. Sure. And she said, and I said, I would like to get an ultrasound done. I haven't had one done in a long time on my, uh, I don't remember what, what the one is called. The one where the, it goes inside. The transvaginal. Yeah. In yes. the past, did they ever find anything on a transvaginal ultrasound? They found um, fibroids, but okay. this one did not show fibroids. So those are gone, but she's okay. thinking that they were misinterpreted. Um, so my family doctor ordered an ultrasound. I had it done in December and I got the um, results back actually online which i kind of now am regretting but the ultrasound said that i had a bicornuate uterus which if the listeners do not know is a heart-shaped uterus so basically the uterus is an upside down triangle if you think about it but mine indents at the top and looks like a heart um, it's not very far down i just found out last month actually that it's it's not actually that bad um, some women can have their uterus completely split into two with a wall in between, which you would need to have surgery. Um, it's only in 3% of women. So it's pretty, I wouldn't say very common. Um, and it's 
like I just looked it up online. I don't know, you know, a whole lot about it because I've just been recently diagnosed, sure. but it can cause irregular bleeding, miscarriages, painful period, and discomfort during sex. Which sounds familiar. Yes. Um, so when I went to it, I went to a um, other gynecologist after that ultrasound came back. I saw her in February, just a couple months ago, and she... Uh, went over the ultrasound with me and told me that a heart-shaped uterus is usually associated with endometriosis, usually hand-in-hand. Um, and she definitely thinks, based on my symptoms and how much pain that I am in, that I definitely have endo. Um, we talked about, and my family doctor tried to push this on me, to go on, to take IUD. Because I have a heart-shaped uterus, I cannot have an IUD. So that is not an option for me. Um, we talked about birth control. I'm not going back on birth control, and I've made that pretty clear. <laughs> and I understand. I understand. I completely understand. I feel the same way. Um, she gave me Vizan, um, which is basically it acts like progesterone and reduces effects of estrogen. Basically, a treatment for endometriosis. I and hopefully, if she listens to this, I guess she won't know who I am. <laughs> I did not open the box that she gave me. She gave me um, a sample pack and a prescription, and I didn't take any of it. Actually, I went home, showed my boyfriend, and he started reading the side effects. And he it said breast discomfort. You know, I already have that. I don't want it. Headaches every single day. I would rather you know be in pain for a little while um, than having a headache every day because it's going to really affect everything. Right. Um, weight gain, suicidal thoughts. That's the one that really bothered him. Yeah. And, um, you know, just being on a pill, period. And I told her that I didn't want to be on one. And um, so she said, we're having a follow-up is actually next week okay. or very soon. And um, the next step is actually surgery because she told me if these pills don't work out or in the case that I don't want to take them, that's kind of where we're going. Okay. So that's where you're at right now. What, how are you um, feeling about, I mean, obviously with the virus, things are probably going to be a little slower, but you sounds like you still have an appointment. Are you guys doing telemedicine or are you able to go to the office? It'll be on the phone. Um, what are you thinking you want to do or have you been doing more research about endometriosis and maybe considering like an endometriosis specialist that might know a little bit more or is she a specialist or she's just a regular um, OBG? She's a regular OBG. I called my family doctor um, last month and I said that I was thinking that I would want a doctor that maybe specializes in endometriosis and she said based on the wait time and everything. And she thinks that this doctor can help me and should still meet with her. And if I'm going to get the surgery booked, I should at least book the surgery. But she said I could be waiting a really long time to see somebody else. And I don't really have a long time. <laughs> like I do, but I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but since then, since I wasn't happy with her diagnosis or how she was treating me, telling because I told her I don't want to be on birth control because it's caused me so many problems you know my period coming back it didn't come back yeah she said oh I don't think it's your it's the birth control you know it could be other things underlying in your life it could be stress 
Mm -hmm. I wasn't there. I don't know what it was. And I was just like, you know. Yep. Goodbye. Thank you. Next. Thank you. I went to, um, I, I already have a lot of knowledge and I have a friend that works in natural medicine. Um, I went on to Google and I looked up natural paths specializing in women's medicine in Toronto. And I found this doctor there. I met her for the first time. Well, we had a phone conversation first just to kind of make sure we're the same, we're the, a good fit. Sure. Um, and then I met her March 4th, so not long ago. And I told her, you know, I showed her, told her everything's going on, all of my symptoms. Um, she has copies of my blood work, my ultrasound, all of that stuff. And she deals with a lot of women that have endometriosis and other, you know, um, issues and any kind of health issues really. And, um, she has, so things that we've talked about changing my diet is obvious. I haven't been really had having gluten or dairy for a long time. Dairy has always bothered me, um, which, you know, maybe might make sense now. Um, I'm on some supplements, uh, curcumin, zinc. Um, I'm also on one that's going through clinical trials right now for endometriosis. It's a natural instead of being on a drug. Um, If people do want information about any of this, for sure, you can message me and ask me, but I would always recommend uh, talking to a doctor and actually, you know, getting a treatment plan before you start taking things. But these are definitely things you can look into. Um, You know, and just improving exercise. We've talked about acupuncture, pelvic floor physio, castor oil massage, And yeah, I've been kind of going down that journey, taking my supplements, watching my diet. I'm not perfect, I will admit. No, nobody is. It's very difficult. I love my beer and my coffee. (laughs) It's it's not sweets. (laughs) Right. Oh, gosh, that's a hard one. I think I'd go for the sweets over beer. Sweets is only period. (laughs) I understand. I understand. (laughs) Yeah, but so I'm kind of, I'm going down that route and this doctor, the natural path, she's honestly hoping that maybe I won't need surgery because she says that the, these types of supplements and um, plan that she's had for other women, they've actually canceled their surgeries before they even happen. That's wonderful. I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to know more information about that. And I think this is a good time for me to plug. I just started a Facebook group for the, this podcast just recently, like two weeks ago. So I don't know if you'd be interested in joining that, but when I publish this episode, I'm guessing people may have questions for you and they would love to learn what you're doing because I know a lot of us with endo get fatigued on birth control and medications and surgery. I mean, it's just, it's a lot. And I I try to go the natural path as well as much as I can until the pain is really bad. And then I have to address it. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess as a side note, since I've started taking all these supplements and changing my diet, um, my pain has actually gone down a lot. I just had my last period, I think, three weeks ago or something like that. And I wasn't, this is the first cycle I wasn't crying in pain. So I think that that is a definite, um, it's a big step up for sure. And great. the month before it actually came on time, which was really weird too. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, that's no, oh, that's great. I mean, it, it, you've been doing this now for it's been almost two months. Couple months. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that's really great. And by the time we get this up, it'll probably be like three more weeks. Um, just because I've been recording like a crazy woman, but, um, I think then we can even get more feedback and see how you feel even after your next cycle too. Mm -hmm, For sure. That's great that you're feeling better and that you're not crying during your period. How are you feeling just day to day? Are you having any um, like stomach or gastro or anything like that type of symptoms? Are you feeling pretty well most days? Yeah, it's not, it's not every month now, but I, even this month, I kind of looked at the calendar because since Sunday, I haven't been feeling, you know, the greatest and I realized that maybe ovulation. So um, I would not say that my symptoms are gone, but right. they're definitely more tolerable. That's great. That's good. Well, is there anything else? I mean, you are definitely on the beginning of this journey, but you've found out a lot. I mean, is there anything else you want to add or tips and tricks that you've learned along the way? I know you're not technically in the beginning, but the beginning of learning about what endo can do and how it can affect you. Um. I would say the biggest things for me, diet, changing your diet is definitely going to have a good result um, because I know that there are certain foods that are inflammatory and those are definitely ones that you want to avoid, especially during your period. I'm finding I can't drink when I'm on my period. It just makes things so much worse. And I would also say, and one thing I need to improve on, exercise is definitely going to help. I know it's hard to get out there and to have the um, motivation sometimes to go to the gym and you're just not feeling 100%. But sometimes I think you have to, even to do something light and push yourself to go will also have a big impact. And also massage. I am a big advocate for having massages. <laughs> yes. That will help. Um, I like baths. Baths really help too with some Epsom salt. I mean, I just think it's such an underrated tool that has helped me a lot. Sometimes I've been in so much pain, I haven't been able to lay in the bath, yeah. which is unfortunate. Yeah. Because um, the one day I tried that, I was like, oh, maybe if I have a bath, it'll go away. And then I tried to lay in the bath and I was like, no. Get me out of here. I know. <laughs> I know. Really, I mean, it's like listening to your body is is what you have to do and just do your best. Is there anything besides dairy and gluten diet-wise that you've changed? Um, processed food. I, you know, I really try to avoid. I, I'm actually almost vegetarian, but not quite. I only have meat, I would say, four times a week, four meals. Um, I've cut back on coffee and I've cut back on my drinking. So those things have definitely helped. Um, one side note, I guess I forgot to mention, which may be somewhat important, is I found out um, from my mom, actually, that my grandma used to have pain during ovulation and painful periods, but she was never diagnosed with anything. Right. But she's gone, so I can't ask her about it, unfortunately. Right, right, right. No. And did your yeah. mom have painful periods? Um, she said, yeah, they were painful, but she doesn't really know what to compare it to, I guess. Right. But I do remember her definitely telling me that, you know, periods hurt, but I was just like, this yeah. is more. 
I mean, I've, I've mine's similar too. my, my grandma, I think she had a hysterectomy when she was 30, but I grew up with her and I would be like writhing on the couch, rocking back and forth. And she's like, this is normal. You just have bad periods. And Mm -hmm. I do think it's a generational thing because nobody really knew what endometriosis was. So, you know, from our grandmothers to their grandmothers that may have had it, it was just, you unfortunately have bad periods and you just press on. Like that's, you know, that's how she said it to me. I mean, there, she had no idea what endometriosis was. She just thought I was like her and, you know, had painful periods. Yeah. Cause like when my periods came back and they hurt a lot, I just thought, because it happened when I was younger, I thought it was normal, but then it started to get worse. So that started with the flag for me. So I guess if people are listening, um, like when I first started listening to your podcast, it really opened my eyes um, to look at everyone's symptoms and what they went through. And I could say, wow, it sounds like me. So hopefully newer people that are listening to this will maybe look back and see things that can maybe be pointing them in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it starts with painful periods and then it it starts to turn into something that's either more, it's different for everyone. But for me, it was always my GI. It was always my stomach. I always had stomach aches and it sounds like for you, your back, you know, your back was hurting all the time and it starts to turn into this thing that's not around your period, but you don't associate it with your period. You know, there's no, why would you, why would I think my stomach ache would have anything to do with my period when I'm not on it? Yeah, that was me. It was gastro and then um, back pain that I just thought, I don't know. I just thought I, that because the cracks and was me in pain for the rest of my life, maybe. Right. But now I can actually see that it goes away and comes back. <laughs> right. And tracking it. And I, I know people hear me say this all the time. I'm always like, track your pain. But tracking my pain has taught me so much. And I've only, and same as you, you know, you said you've been suffering for many, many years. Me too, you know, 20 years, I, I've only started tracking my pain two years ago. And it is insanely crazy how cyclical it is. It is exactly, I mean, it makes sense during my period and ovulation, but there's other times when like my neck or shoulder will flare up and it's always like four days before I ovulate. I mean, there's just weird patterns that I think are very helpful to track if you're on this, if you're on the endo journey. It's been very helpful to me. I've started doing that too. I I definitely track my periods because of my regularity, but yeah. I also track my pain and where it is. Yep, that's. I think that's just. It's great, and if you do decide to have surgery or maybe potentially see an endo doctor eventually or whatever you end up doing, I bring that book with me and I say it's almost like you know, this is my backup. Like I'm tracking this. This is what's happening to me. It's cyclical. So I know something's wrong. And it's, it's nice to have that kind of in your back pocket to pull out and say like, no, this is, this is my pain. Yeah, exactly. I think it's good for proof when you're going to talk to a doctor as well. Yeah. 100%. Well, Ashley, thank you for sharing your journey. I'll look forward to hearing more about what's going on with your natural health and everything. Um, anything else you want to add before we wrap up? I don't think so. I think I pretty much covered everything. Obviously, if people have questions about heart-shaped uterus, which I might think they will, (laughs) it's not 
I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Um, and I think when I first mentioned to you, you didn't I really know. know. I've heard of it, but I, I didn't know, you know, anything about what it meant or why or any of that. Yeah, but I will definitely, maybe someday, especially if I have a surgery booked or something, I would definitely love to come back um, yes. and, and uh, give updates because I, I feel like it's really important to educate now. And I've been doing so much reading and seeing what doctors put people on in the States and Canada, you know, all over the world. And I can't believe that that is the treatment that some people are on yeah. and that what they're going through. The lack of awareness is still very, very prevalent uh, with this yeah. disease. So I hope that it uh, picks up for sure. And I will try my best to keep educating others. Keep sharing your story. That's why I do this podcast. And I so appreciate your willingness to come on and talk about this. I know that this is, it's a very personal topic, but I appreciate you coming on and chatting and sharing with us where you are in the journey. No problem. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and supporting this podcast. It means so much to me and it's helping so many people worldwide. We appreciate you being here. If you want to be on the show, please check the show notes for my contact information. And if you want to keep the conversation going after the podcast, please join our Facebook group. Thank you again for listening. Wishing you a wonderful day and low pain. Take care. Thank you.